If you've been in church world uh, for a while, there's a Bible verse that you've probably heard. And if you're new to the church, stick around with us, and I bet you'll hear this verse a number of times. It's a verse that gets used uh, in sermons, it gets used in children's ministry, and it comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And this is what Paul, the Apostle Paul writes in that verse. Maybe you've heard this verse before. If anyone is in Christ, Paul writes, he or she is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. We use that verse a lot in church world. And I think one of the reasons we use it is because when we come to Jesus, when we decide to uh, give our lives to him, when we ask him to come and dwell inside of us, when we say, okay, I'm done following myself, I want to follow you, one of the big reasons we do that is because we get to this point in our life that we know we need to see real change and true transformation take place. We get to this point where we say, okay, I'm tired of doing it my own way, my way isn't working, I have things in my life that absolutely need to change and to be transformed, and I know that I can't do it on my own. And so we make the decision, we choose to follow, we give our lives, we uh, get saved, whatever phrase you want to use, and we hope in doing that that what we'll experience is some sort of deep, real transformation. We know that there's a difference, don't we, between superficial transformation and real change. There's a difference between change that happens on the surface of our lives and change that happens deep inside of us. As I was thinking about this concept this week, I thought of a conversation that I heard between two of America's greatest minds, I think, Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston. And those are two people we should be the most proud of. They're in a movie together, and they're in a movie where their relationship is coming to an end. And they're arguing with each other in the movie, and Jennifer Aniston says to Vince Vaughn something like, I need you to do the dishes, I wish you would do the dishes. And Vince Vaughn says, okay, I'll start doing the dishes. And she says, no, it's not enough for you just to do the dishes, I want you to want to do the dishes. To which Vince Vaughn replies, why would I ever want to do the dishes, right? And what they're talking about there is the difference between real superficial change and real change. Uh, just a change in behavior, a change in what we do on the outside, a change in the external. We decide to be a nicer person for a week. We decide to kick a bad habit for a little while. We decide to, to eat better for a little while. And a true change that happens deep inside of us. There's a difference between those two. And I would suggest what we really desire what we really want in our lives is to experience the second of those. There's a man from North, Carolina, uh, North Dakota, and his name is uh, Wesley C. French. And in 2013, he uh, owned a green Nissan 240SX pickup truck, and he decided to sell that truck. So Mr. French, he sold his truck. And a couple weeks later, he had seller's regret. You've heard of buyer's regret. He had seller's regret. He wished he had not sold his pickup truck. And so him and his friends, they were bright guys. They got together, and they, they had a couple of options. They're like, hey, we could go renegotiate with this guy. But they decided against that, and instead, they went and attacked him and stole the truck back. 
And they had a plan. They weren't dumb. And their plan was they were going to paint the pickup truck. And so they got the pickup truck, and they spray-painted the whole pickup truck black, and they left the state of North Dakota. And they drove to Washington State, where they decided that they would hang out uh, until, you know, no one was looking for the truck anymore. It took the Washington State authorities about three hours, the news articles that I read this week said, to find them, because in spite of the fact that they were looking for a green 240SX, the truck was a perfect match, the black truck was a perfect match to the North Dakota license plates that never got changed. (laughs) And there's a difference, right, between superficial change and identity change, real change, real change. And what we want is the second. We don't want superficial change. We've done that. We've tried that. We've tried just to say, all right, I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to change my behavior. I'm going to be a nicer person. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be the kind of person that I want to be. And we know it's a, it's a futile effort unless something deep inside of us happens. And the challenge that we have sometimes is for those of us who follow Jesus Christ, we come to Jesus and we decide to follow him so that we might experience that deep change. What happens is, is that we end up walking with Jesus for a while, and uh, we end up finding out that even though there's this promise that the old is gone and the new has come, and even though we came to this whole thing because we wanted to change in a very deep and meaningful way, we find in our lives these things that just never seem to go away. We come to, we decide to follow Jesus, we go to church, we read the book, we say the prayers that we think we're supposed to say, and yet we find ourselves still being angry inside. And we thought that that would go away when we started following Jesus. Or we start following Jesus and we still find ourselves gripped by this thing inside of us that we have never been able to let go in our life no matter how much we tried. We're still greedy. We know it in our heart. Maybe we change some things outside of us so that everyone else thinks that we're not as greedy as we once were. But in our hearts, we know we're still greedy and the material things of this world have a hold on us. Or we know in our hearts that we still uh, just don't love people the way that we should. And we change some things on the outside, but deep down inside in our hearts and our minds, there are things, thoughts that we would never share with anybody else and prejudices that we hold that we hope no one else finds out about. And some of us, we've been walking with Jesus, and and we thought it would change, but there's still this lust that's happening inside of our hearts and our minds, and, and we know it's distorted, and we know it's wrong, and we want it to change. We wish that it would change, and we're going to church, we're saying the prayers, we're reading the book, and it just doesn't seem to go away. Some of us are battling with addictions. Some of us are just battling with family issues, and we say to ourselves, I thought when I came to Christ, I was a new creation. And the old was gone and the new has come. When is it that I get to experience this deep, meaningful, lasting change that everybody else is talking about? Well, this morning we're going to come to a phrase in a verse in the book of Romans where Paul helps us understand what it means to walk through that kind of transformation as people who follow Jesus. If you've been with us over the last few months, you know we've been walking through the book of Romans. If you've been with us the last few weeks, you know we've been doing this sort of mini-series just in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. These are key verses, and so we parked ourselves here, and we're spending four weeks in this place. 
And the series title for these four weeks is what you see up on the screen, Living a Repurposed Life. We know it's trendy in our world right now to repurpose things and recycle things and upcycle things and reuse things that are old, and that's what people uh, are doing. And so we believe that the exact same thing happens with our lives, that when we choose to follow Jesus with our life, that God takes something that is old and, and does not serve its purpose anymore and makes it new and gives our lives new meaning and new purpose in and through Jesus Christ. And that's what we've talking, been talking about. Perhaps no other set of verses in the Bible captures this idea better than Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. If you've been with us the last couple of weeks, we've read these two verses together each Sunday, and you're saying to yourself, I really hope he doesn't make us read those verses out loud again. Well, you're going to be disappointed, because we're going to read these verses out loud together again. I want us to read Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 together as we get started, just to let the words sink into our hearts and sink into our minds as we see what God has for us. So would you read these verses together with me? I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. This is what we've learned so far in these verses over the last couple of weeks. We've learned that Paul is inviting us in light of everything God has done on our behalf, the love that he's offered us, the grace that he's shown us through Jesus Christ, that Paul is inviting us to live lives of worship and take everything that we have and offer it back to God. To present our bodies, he says, as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. Another way Paul puts it is that we would live dead to ourselves and alive to Christ. Paul says, in light of everything God has done for us, the only logical response, the only rational response, is that we would then give our lives over to him. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. Last week, we talked about Paul's warning to us not to be conformed to the patterns of this world, not to be conformed to, we said, the schemes of the age or the things in our time period that seem so important but are not of God. And this week, Paul talks to us about what it is that I think all of us desire when we come to Christ or even those of us who have been following Christ for years still desire to experience in our hearts, and that is deep lasting, meaningful, purposeful change. And the phrase in these verses that Paul uses to talk about that, we just read together. This is the phrase that highlights what Paul's talking about here when it comes to deep, meaningful, purposeful change. He says, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And that's what we're going to be talking about together over the next few minutes. Because I think there's three things from this one phrase 
that Paul brings out that are so important to us when we think about what it means to experience deep, meaningful, and lasting change. And if you're sitting here this morning and you're saying to yourself, yeah, that's why I first came to Christ. That's why I keep coming back. It's because I'm looking for God to do something deep and meaningful and purposeful in my life. I want to see true transformation in my life. I want to see God do something I could not do on my own. And so if that is who we are and that is what we want, I think there's three things that Paul would tell us that we need to keep in mind. And the first thing I think Paul would tell us if he were here today is that when it comes to true transformation, not just surface change, not just convincing ourselves to be better people or do right things, but true change, he would tell us first, it's all in your head. It's all in your head. Be transformed, he says, by the renewal of your By the renewal of your mind, not your heart, not your emotions, not your passions. Be transformed, Paul says, by the renewal of your mind. I think the mind, Paul is saying to us, is like the rudder of a ship. When that rudder turns, the entire rest of that vessel will follow where the rudder has turned. And what Paul is saying to us is that when our minds are turned, the entire rest of our being, all that we are, all that we have, what we feel, what we think, our passions, our emotions will all come with that. If Paul was here this morning, I think the first thing he would tell us is if you want to experience true, lasting transformation, here's what needs to happen. First of all, your mind has to be renewed. It starts there, Paul would say. Paul would remind us that true transformation is not just taking a list of all the bad things that we used to do and replacing them with a list of all the good things we do now. It's not just moving from being amoral and breaking the Ten Commandments to being moral and keeping the the Ten Commandments. True change is a change that happens deep inside of us. It happens as our mind is reoriented. And when our mind is reoriented, Paul is saying, the rest of us follows. See, we have a problem, an issue. This world is a fallen, broken place. And our minds, our passions, our desires have all been affected by that. What the Bible teaches and what I believe is that when we chose to disobey God and sin entered this world, it affected everything negatively. And especially it affected our minds in a negative way so that the passions that we have, the desires that we have, the things that we want to do are not necessarily, in many cases, um, almost always are not the things that God intends for us to do or that God created us to do. With my, I have two young children. I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. Very rarely have we had to teach our children to do the wrong thing. I've never had to say to my kids, I've never had to sit down with my kids and say, listen, we need to have a talk. You should protect your toys. And you should be selfish with those. Don't let anybody else take your toys. You should hang on to those and keep those and protect those. And you know what? Every once in a while, you should smack your sister. You should hit her. Every once in a while, just do that. I've never had to teach them those things. The conversations that we have is always the opposite. You should share your things. Don't hit each other. That's not going to solve anything. 
Please don't scream at the top of your lungs if things aren't going your way. Every conversation, every correction is towards the things of God, not away from the things of God. And if we're honest about our own hearts, we can easily drift away from God. It takes a lot of works to bring ourselves towards God. And that's the effect of the fall and brokenness of this world and sin on our minds. We don't naturally desire the things that God desires. We don't naturally have the passions that God wants us to have because our minds need to be renewed. And that's the first thing that Paul would tell us. You want true transformation? It's all in your head. The second thing that he would tell us is this. He would say, you want to experience true transformation? First of all, it's all in your head. And the second thing is this. There are no overnight success stories. I think that many of us have lost heart when it comes to transformation in our lives because we said, all right, they told me if I went to church and then I read this book and I read this Bible passage and I said this prayer that I'd be a totally different person. And I tried it. I went to the church, and then I read the book, and then I said the prayer, and then I read the Bible, and uh, it didn't all go away. What Paul would say to us this morning is that there, when it comes to true transformation, there's no overnight success stories. The verb that Paul uses for transform is metamorpho in Greek. Metamorpho. Anyone have a wild guess any English words we get from the Greek verb metamorpho? metamorphosis, right? And so metamorphosis is the type of thing that uh, a tadpole goes into, becoming a frog, the type of thing that a caterpillar goes through uh, in becoming a butterfly. It is a long, sustained process over time that brings about great and dramatic transformation. You probably never have a a conversation with a caterpillar where they're going to say to you, listen, I, yesterday, I, I was a caterpillar, I'm telling you the truth, or a butterfly. You're never going to have a conversation with a butterfly, and they're going to say to you, yesterday I was a caterpillar. And listen, all I was, I was really hungry, I was eating all sorts of food. In fact, if you wrote a book, you could write page after page after page after page of all the food that I was eating. <laughs> I went to bed last night, I woke up this morning, butterfly. It was the most amazing thing that I've ever seen. You're not going to have that conversation. It's a process, and it takes time. You might hear the testimony and you might hear the story of the person that says, listen, I was addicted, I came to Christ, and he set me free. I was sick, I came to Christ, and I was healed. God absolutely does that work. But the true transformation of the renewal of our mind to be like Christ is a lifelong process for anybody. Just about a month ago, our worship team and myself, uh, or was over, about six weeks ago now, we went down to Teen Challenge in Brockton, and, and we, we did the Friday night service there. And Teen Challenge, if you don't know, is a drug and, and alcohol addiction rehabilitation program uh, it's a, of the Assemblies of God. It's a great program. But the room was filled with guys that are in this treatment center. And God has done amazing things in their life, bringing them out of addiction and setting them on a new path. But any one of them would tell you that the battle for the renewal of their mind and the reorientation of their mind is ongoing. The behavior has been kicked, but the, the transformation still continues. Anyone that we see, that we look at and we say, man, that is a spiritual giant. The Billy Grahams of your life, the people you actually know that you look at and you say, man, that is a spiritual giant. That is someone who knows God and knows his word, and they think and live the life the way that I wish I could. I promise you, behind that person is a story of year after year after year after year of walking faithfully with the Lord. 
There is a process that takes place. Malcolm Gladwell, a few years ago, wrote the book Outliers. And if you're like me and you love the airport books, you probably read it. But Malcolm Gladwell, in that book, he talks about the fact that many people we look at as overnight successes really did a lot of work that we're not paying attention to or are unaware of. So, for example, he brings up the Beatles. And he talks about the the fact that between 1960 and 1964, the Beatles played over 1,200 live shows at the same place in Hamburg, Germany, night after night after night, hour after hour after hour, playing live on stage for hours and hours and hours with just a few people in the place and no one really paying attention to them. And they tried different things and they did things that worked and they did things that didn't work and they perfected their instruments and perfected what they did. And many people just saw them on the stage of the Ed Sullivan and show and said, wow, these guys came out of nowhere. But they didn't come out of nowhere. Thousands of hours of preparation that nobody saw and nobody knew about went into creating the band that they were. And it's the same thing that happens in our spiritual life. The people who are at the place with God where their mind has been renewed and have experienced true transformation are the people that have been walking through a process that God has been leading them through for a long time. And I say that to say, don't lose heart if you're not where you want to be today. Because God is still at work inside of you. If you are following him and going after him and pursuing him, God is still at work inside of you. And none of us will be perfect this side of heaven. This process doesn't end until we find ourselves in the presence of God in eternity. And along the way, God helps us get rid of the bad habits, get rid of the addictions, brings the healing, stops us from doing things that we shouldn't be doing. But the entire process of true, deep, meaningful transformation is something that will always take us a lifetime. And so don't lose heart if you're not to where you should be. Don't let the enemy convince you that it means that God's not doing anything because you're not where you want to be. You're in the middle of a process. And Paul would tell us this morning, he would say, listen, it's all in your head. This is an ongoing process. There's no overnight success stories and transformation. The last thing he'd say to us, I think if he was here this morning, is the power to change is inside of you. It's just not you. The power to change is inside of you, but it's not you. Let me tell you what I mean by that. The self-help industry is a multi-billion dollar a year industry. We know that, right? And so if you were to go to any self-help things that are out there, if you were to go and, and study Oprahology, you would find the message is you have the power to change and the power to change is within you. It's you. You have within yourself the power to think differently and act differently and change your life. The problem with that philosophy is that we've all tried it out and we've all found that it doesn't work. We've all just made promises to ourselves to be better people and do the right thing and say the right thing. And we know, even if we can modify our external behavior, we know that deep down inside, that doesn't really change anything about us. And if we're honest with ourselves, we know that we need something outside of us to come and make the change. What Paul would say is that he agrees 100% that the power to change is inside of you. He would just disagree that you're the one who's going to do the change. If you follow Jesus, if you've given your life to him, then the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, dwells within you. God has given you his Spirit. He's 
promised it to you. And when it comes to the renewal of the mind, it is the Spirit of God who does the work. He's inside of you, but he's the one who does the work. And you say to me, well, in this phrase, uh, Paul doesn't say anything about the Spirit. The only other time that Paul uses this Greek word for renewal is in Titus 3, 5. And this is what he says in Titus 3, 5. He's talking to a young man, a man named Titus. He writes him a letter, and this is what he says to him. God saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration, and here's our word, and renewal of the Holy Spirit. It's the only other time Paul uses this word. And he connects renewal to the Spirit of God. And if Paul was here this morning, he would say to us, listen, the power to change is within you, but it's God's Spirit who does that work inside of you. Many of us have uh, devices on us right now, or we have them at home. We have these phones, we have these tablets, we have these computers. Here's Here's what happens, and here's what the Spirit does inside of us. We often think to ourselves, if God's going to transform me, he's going to make me into something completely new, something I've never been before. But I want to suggest to you this morning that the Holy Spirit does something different for us. We all have electronic devices, and if you've had an electronic device for any length of time, we've all experienced this happen, right? We get the device, we pull it out of the package, Almost every single time, it works exactly the way the creators designed it to work. It does the things that it's supposed to do. It functions the way it's supposed to function. We add our apps. We add our photos. We add our videos. We hit a link on an email we shouldn't uh, hit, and then all of a sudden we have a virus on it, and then we have malware, and then we have spyware, and then there's too many pictures, and then there's too many videos, and then there's too many applications. And all of a sudden, these devices that we have start to slow down. And eventually they stop working the way that the creators designed them to work. And sometimes it gets to the point that the only way to get it working right again is to restore it back to the factory settings. To restore the device back to the way that it was created. To remove everything that's on there, Get rid of all the apps, get rid of all the pictures, get rid of all the videos, get all that off of there. Take it back to the default setting, the way it originally came out of the box. When God created this world, and he created us, he created us with our minds exactly the way that they were supposed to be. But sin came into this world, and it negatively affected our minds. And our minds are broken and affected by the fall. And we filled our minds with all sorts of stuff that has slowed our minds down and has, and has made our minds not function the way God originally intended. And what you and I need the Holy Spirit to do is inside of us to come inside our mind and renew our mind. Not give us a brand new mind, but take what is old and what is broken and renew it and make it the way that it was supposed to be. To take our minds and set it back to the way that God created it. To take our desires and our passions 
emotions and our wants and our thinking and set it back to the way that God originally created us to be. We need God to change us and change our desires and passions and take them from what we want to what God wants. Here's what it looks like when the Spirit renews our mind. All of those things that we're not supposed to do, all of those things that we try not to do, all those amoral, bad activities that we try to stay away from, when the Spirit renews our mind, something happens inside of us that takes us from wanting to do those things but trying to stay away from them to not even wanting those things anymore at all. You see, when we start following Christ, a lot of our lives are just trying to put uh, things in place so that we won't do bad things anymore. We don't want to do bad things anymore. We want to stop doing bad things. And I think we should do those things. That's good. If we can put up fences in our lives and things that help us stay away from activities that God doesn't want us to do. But when we allow God's spirit to change our minds and renew our minds, something happens inside of us where all these things that we used to want to do, we don't even want to do anymore. And the things that we never wanted to do, we can't wait to do. I was talking to someone this week who told me that he's reading the Bible on his breaks at work and that he's read through the entire New Testament over the last few months just on his breaks at work. And I can promise you, if I went back in time two years ago, if I got a hold of the flux capacitor and we went back in time like two years ago, five years ago, and I talked to him and I said, listen, in a couple of years, you're going to be on your break at work and you know what you're going to do? You're going to read through the New Testament on your break at work. This person would tell me I was out of my mind, that I was crazy, that the last thing he would do on his break at work would be to read through the New Testament. And some of you are sitting here this morning, and a few of you came because you wanted to be here this morning, right? And if you were to go back in time and meet yourself a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, you would say to yourself, listen, in a couple of years, you're going to want to go and gather with other Christians, and you're going to want to sing songs and have coffee and have fellowship and listen to the Word of God. You're going to want to do that on a Sunday morning. And you're going to say, what, you are crazy. Sundays is when I sleep in. Sundays is when I have coffee with my friends at Dunkin' Donuts. Sundays is when I get all my landscaping done. Sunday is when I get all my homework done. There is no possible way that I'm going to want to spend my Sunday mornings traveling somewhere and sitting in a room and listen to someone go on and on and on about the Bible and then, and then go home. Like it doesn't, I would never want to do that. But something inside of you has changed. The desire is different. The passion is different because your mind is being renewed by the Spirit of God. So how do we let the Spirit of God renew our mind completely? I'm going to invite our worship team forward as we prepare to close this morning. And I'm going to suggest to you as they come forward that there are two things that you and I need to be doing in our lives if we want our, our minds to be renewed by the Spirit of God. If we want to experience true, lasting, meaningful change in our lives, there are two things that you and I need to do. It's not our work. It's God's work. It's not something I can give you 10 steps to transformation because it's the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. But there's, so there's two things that I would suggest to you that all of us need to do if we want to experience real, lasting, true transformation through God's Spirit. And the first thing is you and I have to submit ourselves to the process. You and I have to submit ourselves to the Spirit's work inside of us. 
We can't just come to Jesus and say, okay, I said the prayer, I did the thing, I threw my stick in the fire, I signed the card, I came to Christ, I'm saved now, I got my get out of, of hell free card, but now, God, that's all right, I got the card, that's really all I was after, so any other transformation I'm just not interested in. Many of us, that's how we try to live this faith thing. I just want to hedge my bets. So I'll say I believe in Jesus and I'll believe in God, but then I'm just still going to live however I want. I'm still going to do whatever I want. I'm still going to think whatever I want, but I'll say I believe just in case, you know, once this is over, that's true. If we're true followers of Jesus Christ and we desire actual change in our life, we have to submit ourselves to the work of the Spirit in our life. Well, what does that look like? Here's the second thing I think we need to do. We have to create the space in our lives for it to happen. We have to create the space in our lives for it to happen. We submit ourselves to the process and create the space for it to happen. How many of us honestly sitting here this morning have the time and the space in our lives Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for God to do the work that only he can do in our lives? We're so busy reading the self-help column and we're so busy trying to come up with tips. We're so busy reading the lists on the internet that help us live a better, smarter, faster life that we don't have the space in our lives for God to come in and do the work that only he can do by his spirit. And we need to have that space in our lives. That there is time tomorrow at some point during the day where you are in God's presence still before him in his word in prayer creating the space for the Holy Spirit to do the work that only he can do. This morning we have a couple of minutes before we'll leave. And this morning I want us to create some space for God just to do that. Some of us are here this morning and we know God needs to change us. We know he needs to transform us. We know that our wants and our desires and our passions are not where he wants them to be. They're not in the place that they should be. And the best thing that we could do this morning when we sing these songs is to come up to one of the people that will be in the front and ask them to pray with us so that our desires and our passions and our mind might be renewed so they would be more like Christ. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe some of you have just given up on the process. You said, listen, I tried it. I went to church, I read the book, I did the thing, and it didn't work. So I've kind of given up on it. And this morning, you need to be reminded that you're in the middle of a process that is still going on, and God's not done with you yet. And so maybe this morning you want to come up and have prayer for that. Maybe this morning the best thing that you could do is to go to our prayer wall in the back, take one of the tags, and just write out a prayer that God would renew your heart and renew your mind in Christ Jesus by his spirit. And you would hang it up on that wall and leave it there as a reminder of the work that you're asking God to do in your life. Maybe you're here this morning and God's done a great work in your life. And you just want to say thank you. Then this morning is a morning as we sing these last song, this last song or two that you can stand and you can thank God for the work that he has done. And when we sing those words, I'll stand with arms high and hearts abandoned in awe of the one who gave it all, that you can sing those words wholeheartedly because you know the work that God has done in your life and in your mind. 
And so let's use this time wisely. Let's use this space wisely. You can come forward for prayer. You can go back and write a prayer. You can stay in your seat and just thank God for all he's doing. And let's create some space for God's spirit to do only what he can do. God, we give you this time. We ask that your spirit would move among us. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and let's sing together as we close this morning.